Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now. Would you like to relax or fall asleep while learning about history? If so, then try my podcast, Calm History. You'll learn all about famous explorers, inventions, civilizations, ancient wonders, and even the Titanic. Just search your podcast player for Calm History or go to calmhistory.com. Hello, welcome to Emotional Badass, where Moxie meets Mindful. I'm Nikki Eisenhower, your host, life coach, and psychotherapist. And on today's episode, I'm discussing four self-care strategies to mindfully check in. Sometimes it's the simple things that get lost in translation or we can overcomplicate as highly sensitive people recovering and growing. I use the concept of checking in with myself a lot, but it dawned on me that a self-check-in may be one of those things that gets said so often in mindfulness and yoga and various wellness practices, even intuitive eating, that maybe we don't really know what that is or what that means or how to do it. And maybe that's especially true for any trauma survivors who have a history of PTSD-like symptoms that may have them dissociating. They may have a dissociation relationship with the body that makes it really hard to check in. I know that was very true in my own development and recovery, especially through my early 20s, that it was really wonky for me to check in with myself when healer types would tell me to check in with myself because I didn't quite know what I was checking in with. And my brain didn't quite know how to align with my body to be able to check in with it. So here we go in what I hope is a tiny, maybe it won't be so tiny, but mighty episode on the simple concept of checking in. So what is a check-in with self? What is this in self-care? And checking in with self might be another way for me to use the word mindfulness. My working definition that can change depending on when you ask me or how you ask me or what my mood is. But my working definition of mindfulness is that it's just the act of observing ourselves. And most of us, if we're highly sensitive, if we come from chaotic childhoods, we have been little observers since we've been born. It's natural to us. So this idea of self-observation may be so normal to us or so usual that we might not even know what to do to check in because we may sort of live checking in with ourselves. So what does that mean? (laughs) (laughs) it means that we can bring some mindfulness, some awareness, some observing, maybe in some new or different ways. 
Because if we're not mindfully observing, what might happen is that we can be consumed inside of any moment, inside of any experience, inside of a reaction. I don't know about you, but I know that I can definitely look back on my life, maybe yesterday, maybe days ago, maybe weeks ago, maybe years ago, but in lots of ways, lots of different experiences where my body, my system, my mind, everything about me would react. And that's a very in it sort of feeling. Like we are consumed, we are in it. Mindfulness, self-observation, self-checking in means that we sort of leave the insideness of that experience and we sit sort of outside of ourselves, maybe on our shoulder, maybe externally to ourselves, witnessing so that we can start to cultivate the experience of observing what's happening versus being inside of it and feeling compelled to react. And that's how we start to grow muscles to be able to respond to things versus react. And maybe that makes sense of some of the things you've seen this year, because our news certainly is reactionary instead of observing what are the effects of what we're doing and how we're doing it. So that's what we're working towards in a mindfulness practice. What are we actually observing when we do mindfully check in? And this is where I have four strategies for you. And these are strategies that overlap. They don't have hard lines. But these are the basic ways that I check in with myself. And I thought it would make for a good episode to share that. You've heard me name this before. I talked about this on my very first podcast when I was on the Highly Sensitive Person podcast. Intuition versus anxiety. And this is not a direct lesson about intuition versus anxiety in one of the 14 lessons in my boundaries course, but this is largely what comes up. We study intuition versus anxiety as seekers, as HSPs, as empaths, as survivors. Because in a lot of ways, life has taught us to disregard our intuition. And when we disregard our intuition, Our mind has no other choice in a way than to flow into anxiety because we're disregarding our own intuitive knowing. So learning the difference between intuition and anxiety has been key in me sort of taking the reins of my life and guiding it in the ways that I want. Because without that knowledge of intuition versus anxiety, it feels messy. It feels like we don't really know what we're wading through. We don't know when to listen to that little voice inside and when that little voice inside is just stressing us out and scared and in fear. That's the anxious voice. So we have to learn to differentiate those voices. We grow in understanding compassionately of ourselves when we recognize, oh, part of why this is so confusing for me is because I was in anxiety a lot through my development or as a child. So now when it comes over me, I don't really know the difference. I've spent so much time with anxiety in mind and in body that I almost can't differentiate it. So as we grow, we work to identify the difference between intuition versus anxiety. If you are a highly sensitive person who does not have a grasp yet on the difference between anxiety and intuition, know that checking in is what grows this awareness and this distinction. And that's frustrating. I wish I could give you 
a response that says, wow, if you pay attention every day to anxiety versus intuition in three months, you will be strong. I, I wouldn't believe anyone who made such a claim. This is about checking in with ourselves and connecting. Hmm. Is that my anxiety or is that my intuition? And learning as we go and allowing the universe to give us enough experience, circumstances, um, waves of ridiculousness as life gives us to be able to test out our own intuition versus anxiety and to grow into what that knowing is. So we can't really speed it up. We can do what we can do, but a lot of it is just mindfully living and opening up to this knowledge and asking ourselves these questions so we can get to know ourselves on a deeper level. This is how we take care of ourselves. If we don't know ourselves on a deeper level, how can we attend to those needs on a deeper level? So my boundaries course will help you define and distinguish intuition versus anxiety, which is an emotional boundary with self. And that's where my course starts, with our emotional boundaries with self. One of the things I fought in my early recovery is that I didn't want to have to check in with myself frequently. And maybe that's where you are in your recovery too. Maybe it's annoying to be told, oh, you need to check in with yourself more. But how do we do proactive self-care if we're not checking in with ourselves? Seekers as a tribe seem to want truth, but also seek minimizing future pain. So I'm wondering in this moment, as I'm saying this out loud into this microphone, how many of you listening are resonating with, yep, I certainly prioritize building my life, making choices through the lens of minimizing future discomfort or pain. And we can do that in really healthy ways. Or we can do this in obsessive, OCD-like ways that backfire, like trying to be overly controlling of others to control how we feel or to control our environments. So as seekers, I, I see it as an inevitable part of the path, one way or the other, that we will eventually cross the challenge of, do I know the difference between intuition and anxiety? The next strategy that I have for you to grow into is to consider a bit of wisdom that I'm pulling from AA and Al-Anon. And AA stands for Alcoholics Anonymous. And even if you can't stand those organizations, they do have a bunch of nuggets of wisdom that really, really help us on the seeker's path. So this is another thing that I might observe during a check-in, and it's HALT. And for the purpose of this, we're spelling HALT H-A-L-T. Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. That acronym comes from AA and Al-Anon. Why? Because we're taught in AA and Al-Anon to check in with ourselves and that the main things we need to pay attention to are, are we hungry? How many of you get hangry? As sensitive people, this might sound like a ridiculous thing. Really? Do I really have to check in with, am I hungry? But think about it. We, we aren't machines. We're human beings. But the machine aspect of my body is that it has to run on fuel. So if I'm not giving it proper fuel, of course, all systems are going to struggle. So we check in with halt. Am I hungry? Am I angry? And that's a very important one because a lot of us try to communicate while we're still really, really angry. And we might not even know what we want or what we need or what we're asking for if we're still in our anger. Hungry, angry lonely. We want to make sure that we're 
paying attention to this as a trigger. Am I really lonely in this moment? How does that affect what I'm about to do next? What happens if I soothe that loneliness inside of me? What happens if I check in and see that lonely is there? Well, then it can guide me to, okay, I need to connect with a friend today. Or maybe I need to make an appointment with my therapist or life coach. Or maybe I need to make a date night with my husband or wife. Would you like to relax or fall asleep while learning about pivotal moments in history? If so, then try my new podcast, Calm History. It's a time machine of tranquility filled with immersive and fascinating stories from history. Prior episodes include The Pilgrims, Marco Polo, Henry Ford, Joan of Arc, Jackie Robinson, Klondike Gold Rush, Ancient Greek Olympics, Easter Island, and the Great Pyramid of Giza. There's also a six-part series about the Titanic. Just search your podcast player for Calm History or go to calmhistory.com. Halt. Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Oh, my sweet HSPs. How often does tired bring out behavior that we don't want to have come out in ourselves? Irritability. Anxiousness. We're raw. We might be snappy. So this is a real simple tool to keep in our pockets. A check-in with halt. Am I hungry, angry, lonely, or tired? Another way to check in that I'm calling the third strategy is I'll check in with head, heart, and gut. That's a simple way for me to remember, a deeply intimate way for me to check in and see, hey, how am I doing? What's going on in there? It's a way to sort of take my emotional temperature. And when we check in with head, we're also growing awareness of checking in with the difference between intuition and anxiety. Because the head is often the place where the words and the sentences of anxiety are coming from. So if I'm saying to myself, oh no, I wonder what's going to happen. On paper, that might look like a very reasonable statement. What will happen? Mm, That's a reasonable question, right? But if I look at it through the lens of emotionality, and if I'm spinning on that thought in my self-talk, that's going to bring up a lot of anxiety. Because that's a way to sort of say, oh no, doom, 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 doom. What's about to happen? Probably something bad, probably something awful, something that has me anxious. And where is my energy going? Where am I putting it? So I want to check in with my head. What are the sentences? What are the thoughts that are getting generated there? And do I need to grab some of those thoughts and change them and say, nope, I know that thought grows anxiety. What's a thought that grows groundedness? What's a thought that can soothe me? That's how we use the tool of mindfulness to check in with ourselves. Because we can take our temperature and then we can adjust to make ourselves more comfortable or healthier. When I check in with heart, maybe that's even a little bit more confusing in this check-in journey. What is it to check in with my heart? Now, when I have been brokenhearted, when I have been going through a breakup, 
when I have lost someone that I have loved deeply, my heart can actually feel smaller. It can feel tight in my chest. Checking in with that can give me a lot of information. It can also be a reminder that if my heart is tight, maybe I have mindlessly been consumed with someone I've lost or some heartache or something that has me sad or powerless. It gives me a chance to notice. And if I don't notice in that moment, I might live with a heaviness of heart for hours and hours or days or weeks or sometimes people may do this for a lifetime. I want to check in with my heart and help it get to a place of centered and grounded, connected to the earth. If my heart feels iffy or jumpy or not in alignment, and that might sound hippy-dippy, but that's something we start to feel the more we pay attention to ourselves. Is this aligned with my higher purpose or is it not? And that brings me to checking in with my gut. Now, every time I say my gut or checking in with my gut, my right hand makes a fist and I touch my belly about one to three inches below my belly button. That's my core. And science is increasingly proving that the gut has its own sort of brain and it communicates with our brain brain. So checking in with our gut, our gut responses can be super, super useful. And when I check in with my gut, the way that I can most describe that to another human being who isn't in my body, who can't feel what I'm feeling, and you may feel it similarly or you may feel it very, very differently, but that's how we learn by sharing these stories with each other. The way that I feel my gut is that my gut tells me, if I check in with it, it tells me yes or no. It leans me strongly towards a yes or leans me strongly towards a no. It's as simple as that. And if you pay attention, you can grow your intuition and anxiety. Intuition, in my opinion, comes in large part from the gut. So when we check in with this part, what we're doing is we're inviting the information. So we don't have to get it right. We don't have to know what we're doing to invite this work. If you feel clunky or clumsy or awkward or too hippy-dippy or weird or whatever judgment you have about paying attention to your gut, maybe because it's not concrete, maybe because you can't draw a picture of what part of yourself you're tapping into to explain to somebody else who might be a skeptic. It's all okay. We just open to allowing this sort of mindful relationship to develop. That's my third check-in for you. Head, heart, gut. And the fourth check-in, and you can do all of these together, by the way. I think I do them probably in the span of 45 seconds, but had to practice them with more intention earlier in my life because it's just a different way to sort of turn the lens or I might look at a diamond the same way, but if I turn it, I'm going to see different facets. So this is a way to sort of turn the check-in process to a different facet. I check in with myself about, hey, what's going on internally as a basic question? And I might get lots of answers from lots of different parts of myself. Maybe what's going on internally is some kind of hormonal issue. Maybe what's going on internally is I just feel off. Maybe I ate some bad food that disagreed with me and I just feel off. 
Maybe I'm dehydrated. Maybe internally I've just felt heavy hearted because I've had a lot of loss lately. And I just need to pay attention and note that to validate that experience for myself. So I check in internally. And that might help me know, is something going on physically or emotionally and mentally? I might get different answers when I do that. I might just feel really blah because some days in life just feel that way. Not every day is exciting and full of light like we might expect, especially if we walk a spiritual path and listen to spiritual healers or positivity gurus or motivation mindset people. That's why I call myself a grounded realist. Can't be all sunshine all the time. We've also got to know our dark side to really be at peace with ourselves because every human being has a light side and a dark side. And that might be even another way that I didn't add to this list. How do the parts of me that are filled with light respond to this? How do the parts of me that are dark respond to this? So going back to my original number four, I check in internally and then I check in externally. And I check it in externally in two ways. What's going on external to me? And that means my immediate world. Chris, this amazing man that's in my life, what's going on with him? Because I'm a highly sensitive empath. What's going on with the person that I live with, I'm going to feel. So I want to check in with that. What's going on with my pets? What's going on with my environment? How much chaos is around me? In my neighborhood, the city is laying down fiber optic cables. So there's spray paint all over all the sidewalks and they're ripping things up. That's a certain level of chaos that I want to mindfully check in with. Why I'm an empath. I can feel that whether my mind is mentally aware of it, whether I'm cognizant of that or not. So checking in helps me take care of myself as an empath because I'm noticing, okay, what's going on internally and externally? So that's my external check-in in sort of my mini world. And then I want to check in externally for the big giant world. And of course, it's never been more real than here in this year of 2020. And a lot is happening. A lot that's going to force change. A lot that is forcing change. Doesn't mean it's going to be easy for us to see, to observe, to witness, to participate in, and to move through. Individually and collectively. And sometimes that's the biggest thing we can do for ourselves. And it's why checking in is so important. Because for all the things in the big giant world that I might feel powerless to positively affect, I have to be aware of the person that I am. I very much want to be effective. So that awareness can be a sneaky culprit of depression or robbing our life force or making us feel hopeless or helpless or ineffective, even worthless. Mental health things are insidious. They kind of sneak upon us. Mindfully checking in helps us not let potential mental issues sneak up on us. And acknowledging what I might be powerless about in the bigger world helps me ground and helps me choose, okay, where can I be effective? What can I do? And it reminds me if I feel a lot of weight or heaviness, it reminds me, oh yeah, that's my job to take that weight off of my shoulders and my back, to take that weight off of my mind and off of my heart, that to just sit back and wait for the world to take that weight off of me puts me in a very passive position 
And that doesn't help me feel powerful. So how I can feel empowered in my own life and in this world, especially this year, is to use these tools of checking in. This is self-care. Beyond bubble baths, beyond all that kind of surface stuff that you might see on Instagram, this is the essence of what it is to take care of ourselves. And I don't know how we can do that if we're not committed to checking in. As I mentioned earlier, if you struggle with the amount that you might think you need to check in, consider some of my earlier episodes. Maybe go back and listen to the inner adolescent. Sometimes our inner adolescent might be really annoyed in a way that might sound internally like, I've been having to be a little adult and manage all these things and pay attention to all these things when all these other people don't pay attention. And now I have to pay more attention to myself. And I just want to validate that for her or for him. Yep, that can seem really unfair. All the ways you've already paid attention. And you might be hearing a message that you might need to do more paying attention. It's okay to be frustrated with that. Take a moment to feel that. Do you need to be mad at me because I'm the one saying it today? That's okay. I can handle your anger. It's okay to be mad at me. Sometimes just listening and validating that inner adolescent is what allows that inner adolescent part, our inner rebel, to let go and go, okay, fine. So I let any resistant part of me know, it's okay. I very much understand. And I won't shame you that you're resistant. I understand your resistance. And I'm asking you to work with me now, not against me. Because we're a team. And all of this is to help make life flow with more ease, more lightness, more enjoyment, more personal power. So I hope this episode helped maybe go a little deeper or clarify or solidify your own relationship with what it is to mindfully check in. You guys, we are growing on Patreon. It's amazing. It's so exciting. We have so much there for you. We just released another behind the scenes video. If you want to see me get my birthday present from Chris, <laughs> you can come find that there. He snuck that one on. I didn't know it was going to be on there. We've got tons of episodes for you, almost 30 episodes that are exclusive. You have not heard them if you are not on the Patreon. We have live monthly Q&As. Every month, you guys, at Patreon, y'all submit the most heartfelt, deep, empathic questions that really help anybody who listens to those videos to know themselves more deeply and to walk through the world with more compassion more understanding, and more patience for ourselves and everybody else in the world. So I want to thank some Patreon producers of the show right now. We cannot do the show without you. You are the backbone, and you are what keeps this show commercial-free. Thank you so very much. I want to thank Grace K for being a Patreon producer of the show. Melinda V, thank you, thank you. Jordan E, Julie U, Daisy. I want to thank Lisa A. I want to thank Fina. Oh, we've got some full name permission here. I want to thank Beth Atkins. I want to thank DJane Denusia, Stephanie M, Molly A, Stephanie P, Kate F, and Pat L. Thank y'all for being on our Patreon and helping us produce this show. Big thank yous from the bottom of my heart. 
every single time one of you signs up for Patreon, does a review, shares the show, even passes on my newsletter to another person. You are spreading this knowledge for seekers, for survivors, for highly sensitive people, and for empaths to get this information. You can see it. People write us reviews. There are some recent reviews. People saying, oh my gosh, I finally figured out what I am. I can't stop crying. So if you are someone who has ever shared the show with anyone or on your social media, please take a moment to feel what you've done. You have helped someone else heal. It's priceless to me. Thank you so much for being my marketing team and for sharing and expanding healing in your own life and in the world. What an amazing tribe we have as highly sensitive people. I am full on unapologetically in love with this tribe. Thank you for being out there listening. It gives my work and my effort meaning and purpose. And I can't do that alone in a bubble. Maybe we can end this episode with a little check-in with our hearts. And from a heart-centered place, I am an emotional badass. You are an emotional badass. And together we are where Moxie meets mindful. Light and love. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Would you like to relax or fall asleep while learning about history? If so, then try my podcast, Calm History. You'll learn all about famous explorers, inventions, civilizations, ancient wonders, and even the Titanic. Just search your podcast player for Calm History or go to Calm History dot com.